Blog Talk Radio. internet broadcast of Secrets Revealed, Understand the Book of Revelation from Start to Finish. Thank you for being here with me and with us today. We are talking about the bottomless pit, and we are going to hear the millennial reign prophecy in the book of Revelation. John the Revelator was called up to heaven. He shares a report of exactly when he was called up to heaven in Revelation chapter 1. He's on the Isle of Patmos, and there on the Isle of Patmos, he had a most amazing and wondrous supernatural experience. Part of that experience was him receiving the verbatim words of Jesus Christ. Jesus had words of praise, words of criticism, and words of promise. For those who are victorious, those who remain in Christ, those who were there during the time that John the Revelator lived on this present earth, those words of criticism, words of praise, and words of promise appear in the seven letters to the seven churches, Revelation chapters 2 and 3. In the fourth chapter, John the Revelator tells us, truth seekers and readers of the book of Revelation, that he was called up to heaven. And when he arrived in a physical location, as if one were called to uh, Garland, Texas, or Mexico City, Mexico, or Vancouver, Canada, or Lisbon, Portugal, you're called to a specific location And then you go to that location. That's what happened to John the Revelator. He wasn't called to uh, Rome. He wasn't called to Philadelphia. He was called to a physical location, present heaven. Now, there are many locations, many locations on this earth, but uh, there are also two other locations. Above this earth, there's present heaven, and below this earth, there's Hades. Prisons of darkness. Now let's talk about Revelation chapter 4. When he was called up to heaven, he tells us exactly what he saw. He saw some very interesting things. He saw uh, people sitting on thrones. He saw the outfits that they were wearing. He describes uh, one sitting on the throne. He describes some living sentient beings who had very interesting faces and wings that had eyes all about them. He experienced, saw, and heard songs being sung. And, of course, he shares with us perhaps the most exciting part. He saw the Lamb of God. Jesus Christ today is where? He is in present heaven in his glorified, perfected, immortal body. Now, let us get to 
the millennial reign prophecy, which we're talking about today. An angel of the Lord was given an assignment, and that assignment was to show John the Revelator things to come. John the Revelator was given an assignment as well. His assignment was to record everything that he saw. Now, if it was 2023, I believe that he would record everything that he saw. In other words, these things I'm about to share with you, what he was shown, he was given the assignment to record everything that he was going to be shown. We're going to talk about those things in a second. Now, in 2023, if we were called to Garland, Texas, and our assignment from the Lord was record everything that you saw, everything that you're going to see at this PGN service, record everything you're going to see at this PGN service, I think that you or I would likely record everything that we would see using our cell phone. Perhaps you might have a fancy video camera. Maybe you'd record it using your tablet. In John's day, he didn't have the benefit of any of those technologies. So he used the best technology that existed at that time on this present earth, a writing utensil and something to write on. So he recorded what the angel of the Lord showed him using written words. He wrote it down. That's how he recorded it. So he created essentially a transcript. Now, what was he shown? What was he shown when he was called up to heaven? What was so important that a mortal human being was supernaturally transported from present earth to heaven? He was shown 12 amazing visions. These were external visions. These were not visions in his mind's eye. These were not visions that he caused himself to have. These were visions that included images and sounds. These images and sounds, today we would call this a movie. We go to the movies or perhaps turn on our big screen TV to watch images with sound. Now, Again, these were external visions, movies, if you will, but not just any kind of movie, as maybe you've heard me say before. These were visions about soon-coming future realities, particularly they are soon-coming for those of us who dwell on the earth right now. So in a nutshell, John the Revelator was shown documentaries. He was shown 12 of them. Nine of them focus on the events leading up to the Great Tribulation, including the Great Tribulation, which is the wrath of Satan, as well as the seven final plagues, which is the wrath of God. Nine of the 12 visions, in other words, the 12 prophecies reported in the book of Revelation are about the events leading up to the Great Tribulation, the Great Tribulation itself and the wrath of God which includes the seven final plagues. Three of the visions John the Revelator was shown are, the last three, are about what happens after Jesus Christ's 
fights and wins the Battle of Armageddon. In September, we focused on the Marriage Supper prophecy. That's the cleanup committee. The Marriage Supper is, you know, it's all about the Battle of Armageddon and who's the cleanup committee for the Battle of Armageddon. Now the Battle of Armageddon is over. Jesus Christ has already arrived. He has fought and won a war waged in righteousness. Now what? Now what? The three final movies John the Revelator was shown are about the now what. So we're going to start today, October 1st of 2023, talking about the final three prophecies in the book of Revelation in the order of their appearance. They are the millennial reign prophecy, which is followed by the dead judge prophecy and the book of Revelation. The culminating book in the Holy Bible has a culminating prophecy, which is the 12th. And final prophecy, it is the new earth prophecy. So here's our schedule of activities for the remainder of 2023. October, we're talking about every Sunday and Monday on the live, every Sunday and Thursday on the live Internet broadcast uh, on PGN. We're talking about every Sunday and Thursday the millennial reign prophecy starting today. That's the 10th vision john the revelator was shown when he was called up to heaven now if you want to follow along using the one page basic study notes please take a look at blogtalkradio.com forward slash live prophetic blogtalkradio.com forward slash live prophetic today's date is october 1st the one page basic study notes are there uh, for you and for every truth seeker uh blogtalkradio.com forward slash live prophetic. Today's date is October 1st. This is Secrets Revealed. Understand the book of Revelation from start to finish. Those are there for you. So we are about to hear the millennial reign prophecy, Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 10. The millennial reign prophecy is the beginning of those documentaries that tell us, those of us who want to know, who say, Lord, what's going to happen? What's my destiny? What's my fate? What happens after this stage of life? He tells you and he tells me in great detail, beginning with the millennial reign prophecy, Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 10. We're talking about it today. In November, we're going to talk about the dead judged prophecy, Revelation 20, verses 11 to 15. And finally, in December, we're going to be focusing exclusively on what happens when we transition from this present earth to the new earth. What happens? What happens after the end of time? The Bible says in a few places, the end of the world is coming. When does that happen? That happens when this present earth is no more. And every human being that has ever existed either transitions to eternal damnation in the lake of fire where that individual will dwell forever and ever for the eternities of eternities or an individual transitions to living on the new earth where 
There's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more grief, no more mourning, no more tears, no more death. That's the real new world order. The new world order that is to come, described in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, that's a false new world order. God's new order begins when we transition to a new earth and new heavens is described in the 12th vision John the Revelator was shown. In other words, the 12th statement of prophecy, that's the new earth prophecy. We're going to be talking about it in December of 2023. Now, let us get to the first of these three prophecies again What happens after Jesus Christ has fought and won the Battle of Armageddon? Now, let's let's begin immediately at the end of the Battle of Armageddon. So the Battle of Armageddon, the key prophecy, in other words, the prophecy in the book of Revelation that describes it in the greatest detail is the Marriage Supper prophecy. So that's Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 to 21. Let us hear the very end, part of the very end of the marriage supper prophecy. So when the battle of Armageddon is fought and won, some key events happen. The number one key event, perhaps, at least from my perspective, is this. The first two of God's five enemies are destroyed. Now, why do I care about that? I'm always talking about, uh, or very often at least, the five enemies of God. God the Father will not relocate his home, which is currently in present heaven, to the new earth. So God is three in one. He gave himself a human form, Jesus Christ. So he's both the son of God and the son of man. And he is the Holy Spirit so that he can be with every believer 24-7. Every believer who's on this present earth is the temple of the living God. What does that mean? His Holy Spirit, he himself as the Holy Spirit dwells within every believer on the present earth. Now, God the Father wants us to see his face. He wants to be with us physically. Now, we're going to be with Jesus Christ, beginning with the first resurrection. When God, Jesus Christ, God manifests in the flesh, gets his forever family, but God the Father, he wants to be in his Father form with us on the earth. Well, it's not going to happen unless and until Unless and until the five enemies of God are destroyed, Jesus Christ is the one who will destroy the enemies of God. There are five of them. The first two to be destroyed are the Antichrist and the false prophet. The third one is Satan. The fourth one is all of the children of Satan. And the fifth and final enemy is death. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26 says, And the last enemy he destroys will be death. Now, let us talk about it. Uh, Let us talk about it right now. At the very end 
of the marriage supper prophecy, we hear, quote, Revelation 19, verse 20, and the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beast. Then a sentence later it says, both the beast and his false prophet were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. Let me say it one more time. Both the beast and his false prophet were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. That's Revelation chapter 19, verse 20. So the Antichrist and the false prophet are destroyed. The way that Jesus Christ destroys the enemies of God, his enemies, is that they are put to the second death. We're going to hear about that today. What's the second death? That is dwelling in Gehenna, dwelling in the fiery lake that burns with sulfur and brimstone forever and ever. Okay, now it's time for us to go to the millennial reign prophecy. Uh, The battle of Armageddon has been fought and won. The Antichrist and the false prophet have been destroyed. 100% of those who were in the armies led by the Antichrist and the kings of the world and the false prophet, 100% of those individuals were squeezed in the wine press. They die by the sword that extends from the mouth of the one riding the white horse. That's Jesus Christ. They are on the losing team. They are on the losing team at the Battle of Armageddon. 100% of those individuals experience the first death. In other words, due to living in a mortal body, when they are killed, they die. That's the first death. When someone lives in a mortal body and that mortal body gives out for whatever reason, that's the first death. Okay, now let us hear the millennial reign prophecy. The first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ on this present earth. Now, these prophecies, my perception, my perception, this is what the Lord showed me, these these prophecies have two parts, a movie trailer and then the movie in its entirety. Let's hear the movie trailer. In other words, uh, if we were watching this and we saw the movie trailer for the next Planet of the Apes, I'm looking forward to that, May of 2024. Let's say I was, uh, let's say they showed us that movie trailer, and then immediately we see the movie trailer for the Planet of the Apes, and then we watch the movie. We don't get confused when something shows up again in the movie because we saw it in the movie trailer. We're not confused. It didn't happen twice. It only happens once. But we understand that in the movie trailer, some parts of the movie appear. That's a secret for the book of Revelation. Now, let's first hear Revelation 20, verses 1 to 4. No, I'm sorry. Revelation 20, verses 1 to 3 are the movie trailer for the millennial reign prophecy. Here it is. John the Revelator says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He seized the dragon, that old serpent, 
who is the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit, which he then shut and locked. So Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. Afterward, he must be released for a little while. That's the movie trailer for the Millennial Reign Prophecy. Let's analyze it, and then we're going to hear the movie in its entirety. So we're told that after the Battle of Armageddon, the third enemy of God, Satan, Satan gets into combat with an angel. Let's hear it again. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit in a heavy chain in his hand. Now, this angel's not coming down with the key uh, so they can have a dance or so he can open up uh, the, the temple in Jerusalem. He's coming up with a key to the bottomless pit in Hades, a location below the earth. And he has a heavy chain in his hand because he's about to take out his opponent. Who's his opponent? The dragon. Who's the dragon? That old serpent. Who's that old serpent? The devil. Who's the devil? Satan. Okay. So just to make sure that none of us is confused about who the angel is here to take out, in other words, to overpower in hand-to-hand combat, it is the beast. In the book of Revelation, sometimes the beast refers to Satan. Sometimes it refers to the Antichrist. Sometimes it refers to the false prophet. We have to look at everything uh, in, the, in that scripture to uh, alert us to the specific beast being described. So right here it says he sees the dragon, that old serpent, who is the devil, Satan. Okay. He seized the dragon. That means he took Satan. He grabbed him. He overpowered him. He dominated in this physical altercation. So they weren't dancing. They weren't hugging it out. They didn't have a discussion. He laid hands on him, if you will. He seized him. He is an opponent. Now, he didn't seize him for the purpose of annihilating him. He seized him for the purpose of relocating him. Now, where does he relocate him to? It says he seized the dragon, that old serpent, who is the devil Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit. So he seizes Satan for the purpose of relocating him to the bottomless pit. And it says, and bound him in chains. Now, uh, he's relocated to the bottomless pit, and he's bound in chains in that bottomless pit. And it says, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. So, you know, a thousand years to me sounds like a very long time. But when you consider, let's zoom out for a second. Let's zoom out to the eternities of eternities. When we consider, let's just, you know, given uh, given how we tend to think as humans, let's consider 
100,000 years. So 1,000 relative to 100,000, I think that's 1%, right? 100,000, uh, 10,000, yeah. 1,000 would be 1% 1 of 100,000 years. So this is a very small amount of time. If you and I live to be 100, if Jesus tarries, right, that's like one year, one year to 100 years that we live. So him being in, in the bottomless pit for 1,000 years is a short time. Okay, so Satan, we're told in the movie trailer, is relocated to the bottomless pit. He's in chains for a 1,000 years. Now, we're also told that the angel, quote, he then shut and locked, uh, which he then shut and locked, talking about the bottomless pit. So Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until the 1,000 years were finished. Now, this, this is very important here. We have some key information. So he could not deceive the nations. What does that mean? When the Battle of Armageddon is fought and won on this present earth, many, not all, but many, perhaps most of the nations will continue. Now, we're told in certain places, for example, in Ezekiel, in uh, Zechariah, in Isaiah, we're told of some nations that will exist no more. God has a long memory. But many nations will continue. So it says here, so Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. Now, what does that mean? He, he's not through. Satan's not through. Some people think, well, when Jesus comes back, all problems are solved. It's not true. All problems are not solved when Jesus Christ comes back. However, we're told in Isaiah, and of the increase of his government and his peace, there shall be no end. So after he fights and wins the Battle of Armageddon, we're about to hear in the full millennial reign prophecy that his government is established. And, in fact, we will have peace, but all problems are not solved because Jesus Christ has yet to take out all five of God's enemies. At the Battle of Armageddon, the first two enemies are taken out, but three remain. Who are they again? Three remain. Who are they? Satan, he's next. All those who are team Satan, in other words, the children of Satan, those who have taken the mark of the beast during the Great Tribulation, and all prior to the Great Tribulation who rejected God's plan for salvation, all of those individuals are uh, children of Satan, they, too, are enemies of God. They, too, have failed to go to mediation. They have a case that must be settled. Their sins, their sin debt has not been paid for. They are not uh, eligible for habitation on the new earth. They have failed to transition to immortality. They declined the opportunity to be restored to sonship, and to become members of the royal race, to live in a, in a perfected, glorified, immortal body. All those who are among the bad fish, the tares, the weeds, the goats, those whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, they too must be destroyed. Finally, death itself must be destroyed. So here we are. It says, 
in the movie trailer for the Millennial Reign Prophecy. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit, talking about Satan, which he then shut and locked so Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. Afterward, he must be released for a little while. So this is telling us Satan continues to live. He continues. What does it mean to live? Um, I might be using that word a little bit too loosely. Uh, He is not living on this present earth, but he continues to exist. He has... Uh, he has not perished as a result of the second death. I think a, a clear way to say it is Satan has not yet been destroyed. Okay, typically when we talk about living, we're talking about living on this present earth. So at that point, Satan is not on this present earth. He's in a prison of darkness in Hades. He's in the bottomless pit. Okay. Then it says, afterward, he must be released for a little while. So we're about to hear the movie trailer in its entirety. In other words, we're about to hear the millennial reign prophecy, the full report from John the Revelator after everything he saw after he was shown the movie trailer. We're about to hear everything in this movie trailer and and more and more. Okay, a few key points. After the Battle of Armageddon is fought and won, many of the nations on this present earth, but not all, will continue. All problems will not be immediately solved by Jesus Christ. What are the key problems? Three enemies of God continue to exist, and Jesus Christ will take them out in order. What order? First, Satan, then the children of Satan, and then finally, death itself. At the end of the thousand years, the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ, we're told in the movie trailer that Satan, quote, must be released for a little while. Now, I don't know about you, but this abstract, that's the, that's the word they use in professional writing for a movie trailer, abstract. I don't know about you, but this movie trailer for the Millennial Reign Prophecy has me excited Satan's released for a little while, so he first he's he's in in physical altercation with the angel of the Lord. So uh, the king of the wicked angels, Satan's, gets into a physical fight with an angel of the Lord. We're not told which angel. That's exciting. Satan loses the the physical altercation. He's overpowered. He's put in chains. You know, if you watch these MM, uh, what are, what's it called? The they do the fighting in the cage, and then the, the the victor puts the other guy down, and it's like really violent. So it's like that. Not only does he put Satan down, he wraps him up in the chain that's so tight. He's in the, these chains uh, in a heavy chain. I'm saying chains. It says a heavy chain in his hand. So, you know, this is really exciting and interesting. Um, And I don't know about you, the key thing I want to know is, well, what happens after the thousand years? Now, I like the way that this movie trailer was created. It gives us something to look forward to. I'm eager to know the end. Now, let us hear it. We're going to hear next the Millennial Reign 
Prophecy's full report, picking up immediately after the movie trailer is the movie in its entirety, verses 4 to 10, all about what happens after the Battle of Armageddon is fought in one. We're at the beginning, the commencement of the government of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God, on this present earth. So the kingdoms of man, the government of man, will be put down forever and ever. And the government of God, the kingdom of God, will be established on this present earth forever and ever. That's described many places in the Bible. But right now, what does the book of Revelation say about the beginning of the government of the uh, of God on this present earth, the government of Jesus Christ, and Satan being released at the end of the thousand years. Here it is, John the Revelator says, reading from Revelation 20, verse 4. Then, now remember, we heard the movie trailer, now we're going to hear the full movie. Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded, for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God, they had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them, the second death holds no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. When the thousand years come to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison he will go out to deceive the nations. Now let's pause there for a second. You already heard that in the movie trailer, right? But now we're in the full movie, so we're getting more details. When the thousand years comes to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison. He will go out to deceive the nations, called Gog and Magog, in every corner of the earth. He will gather them together for battle, a mighty army, as numberless as sand along the seashore. And I saw them as they went up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded God's people and the beloved city. But fire from heaven came down on the attacking armies and consumed them. Then the devil, who had deceived them, was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. There... They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. That's the of the millennial reign prophecy. Let us talk about it. Now, I want to begin with, and we're going to go verse by verse with the full movie. Uh, before we do that, the full prophecy, if you will, I want to talk about the bottomless pit. Uh, as I was preparing for today, uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and uh, told me to talk about the bottomless pit. Now, I mentioned earlier today that 
in the book of Revelation, sometimes the beast refers to the Antichrist. For example, Revelation chapter 13 in the 666 Antichrist prophecy. Sometimes it refers to the false prophet. For example, at the end of Revelation 13, it says, then another beast, and it goes on to describe the false prophet. In the purple and scarlet prophecy, Revelation chapter 17, it talks about the scarlet beast, talking about the Antichrist, and the beast that comes out of the bottomless pit. Now, in the purple and scarlet prophecy, Revelation 17, verse 8, it says, the beast, let me go to another I want to keep reading from the same translation. Okay, so in this millennial reign prophecy, the beast being described as being in the bottomless pit is Satan. We heard that in the movie trailer. It tells us clearly the beast, then it says Satan, then it says the devil, then it says that old serpent, all in the exact same verse, confirming for all of us truth seekers that the beast in the, at the beginning of the millennial reign prophecy is talking about the devil. Now, in the purple and scarlet prophecy, Revelation chapter 17, it says, The beast you saw was once alive, but isn't now. And yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. Let's pause there. This is a reference. In Revelation chapter 17, to the events that happen after the Battle of Armageddon is fought and won and after the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ. So in Revelation chapter 17, it's telling us, it's making a reference to the fact that Satan is a beast that was once alive but isn't now. And yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit. So where is the bottomless pit? Hades, a prison of darkness under the earth. And it says, and he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. What's eternal destruction? The second death. Eternal destruction is the second death. That's God's plan for destroying all of his enemies. That's how Jesus Christ destroys all five enemies of God. We heard that the Antichrist and the false prophet go to eternal destruction. What's that? Gehenna, the fiery lake that burns with sulfur and brimstone forever and ever. They go first. Then here in the millennial reign prophecy we just heard after the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ, Satan goes to the lake of fire. So just pointing out that the beast in the purple and scarlet prophecy, where you can confirm who is this beast, because in that prophecy, uh, sometimes the Antichrist is the beast, that's the scarlet beast, and when it talks about the beast that will soon come up out of the bottomless pit, now when does Satan come up out of the bottomless pit? Now we know, Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 10, uh, he comes up out of the bottomless pit after the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ. Okay, so when it says the beast you saw was once alive but isn't now, that's not talking about the Antichrist. How do we know that? How do we know that? 
because it says, and yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit. The only beast that goes to the bottomless pit, according to the book of Revelation, is Satan. The Antichrist doesn't go to the bottomless pit. He goes from uh, Israel when he's at the bottom uh, at the Battle of Armageddon. He goes, according to uh, Daniel, there's a court proceeding, and then after he loses in court, coming back to the Book of Revelation, he goes to the Lake of Fire. The false prophet also goes to the lake of fire. Neither of them, there's no report, either the Antichrist, which is one of the beasts, or the false prophet, which is one of the beasts, there's no report in the book of Revelation of either of them going to the bottomless pit, only Satan. Okay, so just a point about the bottomless pit. Now, let us continue with the millennial reign prophecy. Let's go verse by verse at the beginning of the movie. Now, it's not the, this is not a fictionalized report. This is a vision. John the Revelator was shown the millennial reign prophecy. In other words, the a thousand years, millennial, uh, that's the adjectival form of the word millennium. How long is a millennium? A thousand years. Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign on this present earth forever and ever. But there's some specific things that happen in that 1,000 years. Perhaps most importantly is that at the conclusion, immediately following the 1,000 years, the third enemy of God is destroyed. Now let's start at the beginning, though. At the beginning, what are we told? Verse 4 of chapter 20. Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. Hallelujah. We all know that God is a God of order. Now, maybe you say, uh, in my country, the court system is corrupt, or I'm unhappy with the Supreme Court, or at my circuit court or my local court, this or that thing. Be patient. When the government of Jesus Christ is established, we will have righteous judges. Then I saw thrones and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. Do you know God knows what you have in you? You have talents and gifts that you have not utilized yet. Uh, I'm believing God with you and for you to, to carry out God's plans and purposes for your life at this stage of life, but you have plans and purposes during the millennial reign. We're told that we are going to rule and reign, who's we? Those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, the sheep, the good fish, the wheat. We're told that we're going to rule and reign. Well, if you, have to, if, if you have to rule, you're ruling over something. And if you're going to rule over something, you need some kind of authority. So some people will be given authority in the form of a judgeship. Others will have other forms of authority, perhaps being a governor or a mayor or, uh, you know, some other title, some other role. Now, we're very specifically told 
one of the first things John the Revelator was shown is the establishment of judges. And these are going to be the very best judges. Now think about that. These will be individuals who are hand-picked by Jesus Christ himself. You say, well, how do you know that? It's the government of Jesus Christ, not the government of Joe Biden, not the government of, you know, fill in the blank. Okay, and I'm not trying to down Joe Biden in any way. I'm simply pointing out that as human beings, our our brains do not have the same repository of wisdom that God himself has. Now, certainly God tells us, ask for wisdom, and he'll give it to us liberally. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God doesn't make mistakes. He knows everything that's in a person. So these judges are going to be wonderful and fantastic at the beginning The first thing John the Revelator has shown about the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ is individuals sitting on thrones and their judges. Then Then it says, And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again. Now, let's pause for a second. So this is a group of individuals who had died because, as we were told, they all came to life again. So if they came to life again, that means at some point they didn't have life. If they, if they had life before, but then they didn't have it, so time one, they have life. Time two, they don't have life anymore. Now, if they don't have life anymore, but they were giving testimony for Jesus, that means they were believers. So where do people go when they die in Christ? They go to present heaven. Now we're told time one, they had life on this present earth. At time two, they died. So when they died, they were in present heaven. But now time three, they all came to life again. What's that? That's participation in the first resurrection. And then in verse 5 it says, this is the first resurrection. Hallelujah. Thank you for clarification. Thank you for confirmation. John the Revelator did a fantastic job writing this stuff down for us. It says, they all came to life, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. Now you might say, Well, wait a minute. What about um, what about my grandmother? She was a believer. Does she not come to life again? Absolutely, she does. Listen, in the Book of Revelation, there are certain groups that God chooses to report on repeatedly. Now, in the world, on October first, twenty twenty-three, there are. uh, Americans, they're Canadians, they're South Africans, they're Ghanaians, they're Mexicans. At any time, God could choose to give a prophecy about some specific group of people. In the book of Revelation, sometimes prophecies are about either 
those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life or those whose names aren't. Sometimes there's a prophecy about those believers, not all believers, a specific group of believers, those believers who die during the Great Tribulation. Now, don't hang up. Don't turn off the Internet. Don't. Don't hang up. Don't, don't turn off the Internet. Let's, let's go to the Word. It says right here, verse 4 of Revelation, chapter 20. I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the Word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. Now, a believer can't refuse the mark of the beast unless the mark of the beast is available. The mark of the beast is only available, and not only the mark of the beast, but the ability to worship the statue of the beast that's only available during the Great Tribulation, which is the wrath of Satan. We say, well, you know, my pastor told me, my pastor told me that we're going to be raptured before the Great Tribulation, and we don't have to worry about that. Listen to me. None of us knows it all. Sometimes people who are very intelligent, people who are called by God, including me, Sometimes we don't get it right. We're studying and we're prayerful, but the Bible is very big. There's 66 books in the Bible. Maybe he didn't have a chance or she didn't have a chance to focus on this scripture. It's not possible, in my opinion, it's not possible to read Revelation 20, verse 4, with an open mind and walk away believing in a pre-tribulation rapture. No person with an open mind, in other words, a person who is going to the word of God to allow it to minister to him or to allow the word of God to minister to her, will believe in a pre-tribulation rapture after reading Revelation 20, verse 4. You say, well, why not? Because it says, I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads. Now let's go to the 666 Antichrist prophecy, also in the book of Revelation. Let's get some confirmation here. In the 666 Antichrist prophecy, we're told exactly, exactly when the statue is going to be worshipped. It's not before the Great Tribulation, and it's not after. It's only, it's only during 42 months, a 42-month period, three and a half years, that the statue will be available. Now, in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, Revelation chapter 13, six 
actions of the false prophet, who's the false prophet? The false prophet is, quote, another beast, another beast. Revelation chapter 13, verse 11 says, Then I saw another beast come up out of the earth. He had two horns like those of a lamb, but he spoke with the voice of a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast. The first beast is the Antichrist. The second beast in Revelation chapter 13 is the false prophet. And then it goes on to say, And he required all the earth and its people to worship the first beast. Then verse 13 says, He did astounding miracles, even making fire flash down to earth. From the sky while everyone was watching. Now let's go down to verse 14. It says, He ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast who was fatally wounded and then came back to life. So the false prophet commissions a statue of the Antichrist. The false prophet commissions a statue of the Antichrist. If the individuals in Revelation 20, verse 4, refuse to worship, uh, to take the mark of the beast and to worship the statue, the statue must have been erected. It's not erected until the false prophet commissions it. He doesn't commission it until the rule and reign of the Antichrist is in effect. The Antichrist is only in effect as a leader during the Great Tribulation. How do we know that? In the 666 Antichrist prophecy, Revelation 13, verse 5, it says, Then the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. So the Antichrist only has authority for 42 months. That's three and a half years. That's a time, times, and half a time. So let us believe what the Word says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God has said what he means, and he means what he says. Now what does he say? The word tells us, this is the vision John the Revelator was shown. There are believers who will be alive during the Great Tribulation who, quote, who will be, quote, beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God, end quote. And it also says that there are believers during the Great Tribulation who, quote, they will, quote, not work, let me say this right, they will be believers who will not have, quote, worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. Now, listen, I stayed a long time with this point. Forgive me, you might say, uh, research scientist, uh, Nicole, I already know this. Okay, thank you for your patience with me. But there are those, you know, maybe your grandma or your dad or someone you respect was persuaded that there is a pre-tribulation rapture. The truth is that the first resurrection, it says it right here, the first resurrection 
It says they had not worshipped the beast or his statue nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. What does it all mean? It means that the first resurrection happens after the great tribulation. Now, who is smarter? Is it you or is it God? I'm going to say that it's God. I'm hoping that you agree with me. If God has decided in his infinite wisdom, mercy, grace, and justice to have the first resurrection happen after the great tribulation, don't be mad at that. Do not be afraid. God's plans are wonderful. Now let's continue. In this millennial reign prophecy, verse 5, it says, This is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. <laughs> this is so good. This, this, might be, this might be my favorite. I don't think it's my favorite. Maybe my second favorite uh, prophecy in the book of Revelation. It says, The rest of the dead did not come back to life until. Let's pause there. So those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life, we all participate in the first resurrection. But there is another resurrection. I like to call it the second resurrection, but I'm not doing that because that language, I don't see where that appears in the Bible. But there is another resurrection. How do we know? The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. Now, we're focused on a millennial reign right now, but in October, we're going to be talking about another resurrection. In November, in November, it is October. In November, we'll be talking about another resurrection because that's the focus in part of the dead judged prophecy. But let's stay here. Then it says, blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. So who's blessed and who's holy? All whose name appear in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, every person who experiences death as a result of uh, living in a mortal body that gives out, it wears out or it's taken out. You know, it wears out due to the curse or it's taken out due to an accident or perhaps due to war or some other issue. The first death is temporary. How do we know? Because every person who has ever lived, with the exception of the Antichrist and the false prophet who were taken out at the Battle of Armageddon, they go to the second death. But the rest of us either participate in the first resurrection or another resurrection. Now, due to time constraints, I'm going to stay focused right here on the millennial reign prophecy, but I want to mention br briefly the first resurrection is described in Revelation chapter 14. I am persuaded that the first resurrection happens before the wrath of God. I am, I am persuaded. I, I arrived at that over time after studying the book of Revelation. Uh, but here's the key point. The first resurrection includes all believers. 
another resurrection happens for all who have died and who are in a prison of darkness. They're in a temporary storage tank. So Prophet Randy Chandler refers to present heaven as a temporary storage tank. And I'm going to add on to it that Hades has prisons of darkness. It is a temporary storage tank. We say, well, wait a minute, research scientists. Hell is forever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Eternal damnation is hellish. Eternal damnation happens when a person is dwelling in the lake of fire. That's the second death. Those who have experienced the first death, again, with the exception of the Antichrist and the false prophet, but all who have died, with the exception of the Antichrist, they go to Hades. They are in prisons of darkness. It is hellish to be separated from the light, to be separated from God. But they do not go to the lake of fire unless and until they are found guilty. Guilty of what? Failure to pay their sin debt. Now, after the millennial reign, as alluded to here in this prophecy, is the great white throne judgment. All of those individuals who are in prisons of darkness, temporary storage tank, they're in Hades. They are resurrected. That's the, another resurrection. For what purpose? For the purpose of having their case heard. God is a just God. No one is sentenced to the second death without uh, having their case heard. Now, we're not going to get all into that because that's another prophecy. But it says here in the Millennial Reign Prophecy, blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. Who's that? The wheat, the sheep, all whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The good fish that are kept. It says, for them the second death holds no power. Let's pause there for a second. For them the second death holds no power. If you are a truth seeker and a believer, be excited. You are in a mortal body right now. But hallelujah, not only will you participate in the first resurrection. So that means either when you die, you go to heaven, which is a temporary location, you go to present heaven, and then you participate in the first resurrection and you get your forever body and you come back to this present earth, right, for the millennial reign, right? Or you're here, and I believe many of us will be here at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ, so you never, ever die, as described in uh, Corinthians, and you transition. We transition in the blink of an eye from mortality to immortality. Either way, for them, that means for us, whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, the second death holds no power. In other words, we will never, ever be thrown into the lake of fire. We will never 
experience life in the fiery lake that burns with sulfur and brimstone, instead of eternal damnation in Gehenna, we will have eternal life on the new earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At the end of the world, we transition to eternal life on the new earth. Those who are team Satan transition to eternal damnation in the fiery lake that burns with sulfur and brimstone forever and ever. So blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them the second death holds no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. So we're going to rule and reign for a thousand years. Now you might say, well, if the government of Jesus Christ is forever and ever because Isaiah Isaiah says, and of the increase of his government and his peace, there shall be no end. Who's it talking about? Jesus Christ. Well, why does it say that uh, we'll be priests of God in Christ and we'll reign with him a thousand years? Why is it a finite period of time? The end of the world is coming. So in the book of Revelation, it refers to two groups of people, those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life, and those whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Then it talks about it another way, same two groups. Those who belong to this world and those who belong to the kingdom. Now, it keeps saying those who belong to this world. Those who belong to this world. This world is coming to an end. Now, some people say, well, the end of the world happens when Jesus Christ comes back. I, I don't see that. I don't see that. The end of the world happens when this present earth, which is under the curse, when you see a beautiful tree attacked and subsequently uh, dying and ultimately uh, the beautiful tree dies, that is evidence of the curse. When we transition to our glorified, perfected, peak performance, immortal bodies that are 100% free of DNA errors, hallelujah, when we transition from mortality to immortality, the earth doesn't transition with us. Now, that's a problem. Who's going to solve that problem? God's going to solve that problem. Now, that's a problem. Job's not done yet. When the end of the world happens, this new earth God promises us comes to fruition. The earth transitions from being under the curse to being renewed, to being restored. So it's not a brand new earth, something we've never, ever seen or thought of, but it's the perfected, glorified curse free version of the earth it's the earth so perfect so amazing so wonderful it's a hundred percent free of sin there's no vestige of sin that god the father is going to relocate his present abode from heaven to the new earth so when it says here that we're going to reign with him a thousand years It's talking about, 
for the last thousand years of this world. In other words, for the last thousand years of this present earth, where there are many nations, where there will be those who are members of the royal race, and there will be people who survived the Battle of Armageddon, not those who were in the armies, but people elsewhere in the world who are mortal. In other words, they failed to transition from mortality to immortality. They did not participate in the first resurrection, yet they remained. And their ability to have children continued, so they will have offspring. They will have offspring, so it will be an interesting time. No, I'm not talking about science fiction, science fact. So we will not be talking about, oh, you know, who's American, who's Canadian, who's um, who's Lebanese. You know, we, we won't be talking about that. We'll be talking about who's a member of the royal race and who is not. Every person who is uh, among the bride of Christ will rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. Now let's go to verse 7. When the thousand years come to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison. Now, we already heard in the movie trailer that Satan was going to be put in uh, the chains for a thousand years. Now he's put out. Then it says he will go out to deceive the nations called Gog and Magog in every corner of the earth. He will gather them together for battle, a mighty army as numberless as sand along the seashore. Now, how, how, many, how many kernels or grains of sand are on the seashore? Well, it tells us it's numberless. That sounds like millions. It might be tens of millions. I don't know. Think about, think about all of the people who are going to be living at the time of the Beginning of the government of Jesus Christ, we're going to have technology that allows people to live a long time. So they're going to be living a long time. They're going to be procreating, and their uh, children are going to be living a long time. There will be mortals, individuals who fail to transition to immortality. They, uh, they did not participate in the first resurrection. Those individuals... Many of them, how many? It says they're numberless. Numberless. So Satan's going to be able to assemble an army. This is not an army of believers. This is an army of human beings who, for whatever reasons, they're going to be shocked and amazed when Satan's let out of the bottomless pit, he's going to be telling them things they want to hear. He's going to say probably something like this. Aren't you tired of uh, Jerusalem uh, being a place where you can't be? Because when, uh, when Jesus Christ returns, uh, only believers are going to be allowed to be in Jerusalem and to enter it. So those people who are uh, sinners, they're practicing uh, sexual immorality, they're worshiping false gods, they're not going to be allowed to enter Jerusalem. And it's going to be the center of the world. It's going to be the center of the world. People are going to stream there, we're told, to uh, praise God and to learn the teachings of Jesus Christ. 
Satan's probably going to say something like, aren't you tired of not being able to allow, being allowed to enter Jerusalem? Um, I want to give you this. I want to give you that. You're supposed to have this and that. I'm going to establish this. I'm going to take over this world. We're going to make things right again. We're going to, he's just going to be uh, deceiving people. Just like today, he deceives people with false religions, uh, false promises, and unfortunately, many it sounds like millions. They don't, the Bible doesn't give us a number, but it says that Satan is able to assemble, quote, a mighty army. And it says in every corner of the earth. Now, that's very interesting. Every corner of the earth. That means that all problems are not solved during the millennial reign because there are unbelievers in every corner of the earth. So how does it all end? Now, end of the thousand years, of the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ, that marks the end of the world. That marks the end of the world. What's the end of the world? The end of the world is what happens immediately before we transition to the new earth. Who's we? Truth seekers, those who are in Christ. Let me say it again. Who's? Who's we? Those who are in Christ who happen to be truth seekers. A person could be a truth seeker but not yet be in Christ. But I honestly believe that any individual who really has a heart for the truth ultimately will arrive at receiving Jesus Christ as his or her Lord and Savior because Jesus is the only way to everlasting life. He's the only path from mortality to immortality. Steve Jobs was not able to create a path from mortality to immortality despite being a billionaire. Bill Gates can't create a path from mortality to immortality. Elon Musk can't do it. None of us can do it. We need a savior. We need someone who can uh, put us in right standing with God, who can settle our sin debt, who can be our mediator so that we don't have to go to court. All those who die and go to Hades, they have to go to court. They fail to go to mediation. In Timothy, it tells us Jesus Christ is the only mediator. Now, let's stay here. In the millennial reign prophecy, in every corner of the earth, he will gather them together for battle. A mighty army is numberless as sand along the seashore. I say often that the Battle of Armageddon is the last war that will ever be fought on this present earth or the new earth to come. And the reason that I say this is because despite Satan telling these mortals that he's deceived, despite him telling them that they're going to war and then they they all – make their way to Jerusalem, and he's telling them, yeah, we're about to take Jerusalem over. We're going to take back this world. I'm about to do this for you, and you're going to have this, and you're going to have that. Despite him telling them that they're about to uh, take over this, take over that, they're going to do this or that, none of that is going to happen. There's, there's, no, um, there's no battle. It says he gathered them together for battle. But there is no battle. If they understood the prophecies of the Bible, they would know that the Battle of Armageddon is the last war that will ever be fought on this present earth. Uh, he ga- gathers them for battle. 
And then what happens? Quote, fire from heaven came down on the attacking armies and consumed them. Jesus Christ doesn't even, uh, he, he doesn't come with the sword to fight. He doesn't come with the armies of heavens to fight. There's, there's no battle. He, he just says, oh, okay, all, all of my enemies are here. Great. Boom. Fire comes down from heaven and they're done. That's it. That's it. There's no battle. There's no war. And all of those who listen to Satan, unfortunately, they're going to experience the first death. Now, what happens after 100% of these people? of these people die. It says in verse 10, the final verse of the millennial reign prophecy, then the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. There they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. There. So not in Hades, but in the fiery lake, that's Gehenna, uh, There they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So, of course, it is torment to be in a prison of darkness in Hades, but the forever torment, eternal destruction, is when an entity or a person dwells in the fiery lake that burns with sulfur forever and ever. So at the end of the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ, we are just going to use some percentages here. We are uh, 60% done. We say, well, what do you mean by that? Five enemies of God must be destroyed. Who are they? Antichrist, false prophet, Satan, children of Satan, and death itself. So at the end of the thousand years, Satan is destroyed. That's the third enemy of God, so just in the order of their destruction. Hallelujah. Now, I'm excited to hear your reaction to the millennial reign prophecy. I'm hoping that you find it as exciting and interesting as I do. We're going to continue discussion and analysis. I'm going to invite you to be with me and with us again when we talk about it next Sunday. Every Sunday in October, we're going to be talking about and analyzing hearing the prophecy itself, looking at other scripture that contributes to our understanding of this prophecy. Every Sunday at 12 noon Texas time, that's 1 p.m. Eastern time, and on Thursdays, on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Texas time, that's 11 a.m. Eastern time. Now, would you consider getting this PGM program on your schedule for November? We're going to be talking about the Millennial Reign prophecy this month, but next month, what about the other resurrection. I believe you have a heart to know the truth about another resurrection. If only for the purpose of making sure that you don't participate in that resurrection because that's the resurrection to eternal damnation. That's the resurrection where 100% of those individuals go to court and who's on the opposing side, God, with his evidence Those are individuals who have a case. Now imagine God says, I have a case against you. Now if the state of Texas has a case against you, maybe you might win it, maybe you might lose it. 
You know, the state of New York has a case against you. You might win it. You might lose it. If God has a case against you, that is a problem. The only way to get my case that God has against me settled is to go to mediation. I've gone to mediation. Hallelujah. I've gone to mediation. Jesus Christ is the mediator. When we find and follow God's plan for salvation, we authorize him to be our mediator, and he settles our case. He died on the cross. He paid for our sin debt with his blood. And so he died in our place. That means we can go free. Hallelujah. I don't care if you won the Powerball last night or you win it on Wednesday. You do not have enough money. No human being will ever have enough money to pay his or her way out of the great white throne judgment. Now, in November, we're going to be talking about the great white throne judgment. The great white judgment, the great white throne judgment is coming up. Please consider being with me and with us in November when we talk about it, and, of course, in December when we talk about the new earth. After the end of the world, the new earth comes. Hallelujah. So I want to thank you for being with me and with us. I see no one has his or her hand raised, but I praise God for you. Thank you to everyone who is listening uh, via phone and via Internet. You can text, you can text in your comments. Or your question about the book of Revelation 24-7, As we end, I'm going to pray the special blessing uh, over you from the book of Revelation. I declare and decree, according to the word of God, that you are blessed because you have heard the words of prophecy from the book of Revelation today. And I pray that you will obey the words of prophecy, because they are soon to come to pass. Until next time, friend and truth seeker.